Welcome to another episode of A Drink with Mary and Mina. This is Mina, obviously. And it's Mary here. So we're back with another episode. This is, I think, our fourth? Fourth episode, I believe. Anyway, this is our first ever audio-only episode. Yes, we're not going to be playing about with video and audio, shorter and longer version of things anymore. We've listened to your feedbacks and we're going to dedicate our podcast to completely audio now. So, um, grab a drink. Whatever it may be, it's uh-huh. 5 o'clock somewhere in the world. 5 p.m., I mean, if it swings 5 a.m., you do you. We're not here to judge. Anyway, talking about drinks, what's your choice of drink today, Mary? Um, It's been water. It's been water always, but it used to be alcohol and water. Okay. Not together, though. You're on a cleanse. Yeah. You know what a guy told me? I'm not saying a guy like, oh, I'm talking to plenty of guys, no. But one, <laughs> one of the guys told me, what uh you're on an alcohol cleanse how much did you drink and i was like bro you don't need to know that that's personal <laughs> take quite your judgment lot. somewhere else quite a lot actually anyway yeah. i'm not having an alcohol drink well this time as well because it's bloody 10 in the morning and i'm she's, not an alcoholic she's chickening out <laughs> but i've got black coffee and you know it, it doesn't have to be alcohol get grab a choice of your drink and then we'll Start on then, isn't it? Yeah. So, Mary, today's episode is, I would say, a bit on the feminism side. Mm-hmm. Um, but feminism doesn't have to be just women, okay? I yeah. know, we know plenty of feminist mm-hmm. men who are there to support women issues. And I really appreciate that when men do that. Mm-hmm. It's really like... Um, it's progress. It's progress. It? And plus, like, feminism gets such a bad blood. And bad name mm-hmm. because of all these radical feminists. I'm sorry if Feminazis. you're one of them. Yeah. If you're one of them, like, you do you. But it's because of, like, you know, people who promote veganism. Veganism gets bad blood. It's the same way with fe- feminism. Yeah. That's how I feel. Exactly. Yeah. And veganism and feminism, they're both good concepts on their own. Yeah. Right? If used properly. But I think there are always people in there that radicalize the issue so much to the point, like, to an extreme point that it becomes... In bad faith, basically. They just need drama to everything, man. <laughs> just deal with things normally. Very strong beliefs, I guess. But um, but today's issue is all about... I think you guys have probably seen it in the news. I mean, it's a topic that has been trending over the years. Mm-hmm. And the latest time it picked up was um, because of the incident of Sarah Everard. I don't know if you guys heard of this woman, but she was... Um, well, she went missing in London mm-hmm. at about 10, 10.30 in the mm-hmm. evening and then her body was found in Kent. Um, and this was on 3rd of March this year, mm-hmm. which was about five days before International Women's Day. And that was a bit too timing. close. Yeah, yeah. timing-wise That was well. a bit too close. I mean, not that the people who are victims decide on a time. I think it, it picked up um, a lot in social media lately. Uh-huh. It's because of the fact that it was too close to Women's Day, obviously. Yeah. And the fact that it's a pandemic right now. Well, well technically, we're trying to get out of it. Well, mm-hmm. we are trying. Yeah. But everyone's like so much onto social media these days. Too much Every- time. Yeah. <laughs> everyone's just got this woke feeling. Yeah, woke feeling. This activist. Suddenly, yeah. everybody's an activist. Yeah, everyone's you know. just like, you know, let me join the streets, go on the riot kind of yeah. thing. I mean, activism is a popular theme nowadays. Yeah. yeah. It's like, what are you doing now? Are you sleeping on it? You're not trending. 
are you trending? <laughs> and then the hashtag as well, not all men, they kind of got viral, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, all exactly. And that's, that's what this podcast is about. Like, hashtag not all men. This hashtag started trending as soon as news about Sarah Everard started trending. Mm-hmm. And I was furious, you know, because... The poor girl, she hasn't even been found, right? This is when the body hasn't even been found. The family hasn't even had the chance to hear the bad news. Or even if her body was found, the family hadn't even had proper chance to mourn her death or what has happened to them. And to trend a topic like this, hashtag not all men, such an obvious topic, it Mm -hmm. was in such a bad faith. What did you feel about it? I don't know. I honestly... Um, I'm quite like a person that I feel too much. Every time I see things like this pop up, I close my social media and everything. I don't go active on it as much because I think fast media is just tragic and annoying really because mm-hmm. you don't have the correct information. There's very little fact checking. Like you said, the family didn't even know, but then everyone was just making assumptions about it mm-hmm. when not getting facts yeah. right and everything. So I tend to like shut myself down mm-hmm. and then process slowly about yeah. it. So I'm pretty sure a lot of people relate to me on that. Exactly. And I'm pretty sure some of you just share things because yeah. that's the thing. Like If you don't share, mm. you feel like... FOMO. Yeah, you feel like missing out. And no, not even that. Like Some people kind of shade you for not sharing as well. If I'm feminist, maybe I don't want to talk about yeah, it this time. Exactly. Don't put pressures on me. Yeah, I know. Me and you, we both resonate uh, or identify ourselves as feminists, Mm -hmm. but we are not like radical feminists because we both actually quite hate those people. (laughs) But um, hate is a strong word, sorry. (laughs) But what we're trying to say is like, we both follow on anything that has to do with women empowerment and stuff like that. Uh We don't need to share it 24-7 to the media saying, oh guys, look at us, we're doing this. Because it's just like an advert, I think. I mean, to be honest, the amount of activists there are on the internet... If there were that many activists in real life, we would have no shortage of volunteers anywhere. If you're preaching so much on the internet, yeah, I'm I mean, sorry. Where, does, where do all these activists go and hide when we need volunteers in real life? But leaving activists, I think we've got a bit heated Off on that subject. Again. <laughs> That's us. Again. And this is without alcohol, by the way. <laughs> This is one of our feedbacks, right? That we're trying to improve, that we go off topic a little bit too much. I guess we both, because we would talk a lot and we have such heated um, emotions about these things. Yeah, yeah. But we'll we'll talk about fast media. Yeah, let's swerve back to hashtag not all men, right? So on 12th of March this year, Jenny Proudfood wrote from Marie Claire and she wrote this and I, it really hit me. Um, She said, quote, Sarah could have been any of us and she couldn't have done anything more to ensure her safety. Mm -hmm. She wore bright clothing, comfortable shoes, she walked on well-lit main roads and she called her partner en route. Imagine, she took all precautions that as women, we know how to take or that comes to us naturally. You know, and talk to any women in your life. We all take precautions when you're out and about. Especially going out. Exactly. Right? And the sad part of it is that 
I can't remember how early on in my life I started taking those precautions. Yes, yes. And when did it become a habit? I can't remember. It just came on. Furthest I can remember is when I was like eight, nine in school, mm-hmm. and we would have to walk to the school. And you know how in Nepal, in front of the schools, there were obviously like little convenience stores. Yeah, yeah. And there would be boys sitting there. Yeah. Right. And you would have to walk past them, and the amount of cat calling and harassment you would get. Like I used to dread it every morning when I was going to school. Especially when you're like, um, not even when you're like a young teenager, I guess, thirteen, fourteen, uh-huh. and when adolescence just hitting you, you feel like you're looking attractive and whatnot. <laughs> Clearly, you aren't. <laughs> but at that time, it's more embarrassing as well. I remember like when I was seven years old, I think, and uh, I used to live with my grandparents then because we have like big buildings in Nepal, and then the tenants on the bottom floor, she had a maid. I mean, that's quite common in Nepal as well. Mm-hmm. But then the maid got kidnapped. I don't know Your who. maid? No, not our maid. We didn't have a maid. Oh, okay. Like the people who were renting out, they had a maid. Yeah. Well, the maid got kidnapped and she was my playing buddy. And I couldn't understand like why she wouldn't come out to play. And my grandma mm. was like, she's been kidnapped. You need to like isolate yourself. And as a kid, I was like, I can't go play outside. Mm-hmm. So I think that's when it started hitting me. Like as a woman, society is quite... Uh-huh. shit like yeah, you have yeah. to be and uh, talking about kidnapping I just remembered this incident where my oldest niece right yeah. she, when she was about four or five you know in Nepal in schools like a guardian will have to pick you up like yeah, even yeah. here as well a guardian yeah. has to pick you up so my um, aunt went to pick my niece up and she could not find her and when she turned around she was walking all the way down to the end of the street with some random stranger holding her hand and somebody had taken her she bloody ran to my niece you know that was yeah. such a close call you know and it still still scares me like she was only 4 and she was just a child and you know back home as well we um we when i was a child i still remember this specific incident where a girl was found in a water tank you oh know, and she God. was found raped and oh murdered. <gasps> PTSD, sorry, but like you said, water tank, mm. yeah. When we went to a school, there was this massive incident on my area next to my school. So basically, I had to see the insides of a dead body. So this ex, ex, uh, sh- shall I explain it? Yeah. I'll just, I'll just say in brief. Basically, this ex-boyfriend of this girl, um, they broke up. I don't know what happened, but apparently... He stabbed her to death right in front of my school because he wouldn't, uh, she wouldn't go out with him or they decided to break mm. up. And all of her gut was out. When I say gut, all the intestines, intestines were out. Everything. So mm. the body was off by the time we got to school, but I could see the intestine remains still there. And then the guy apparently couldn't live with the fact that he killed her. So uh-huh. he tried to slit his throat, but he survived. I'm like... Uh. I mean, those kinds of incidents are quite common back home as well, yeah. isn't it? And, you know, where the Nepal, where we come from, um, it's a country where we don't even have emergency services like police. So you, there's no there's no 999 that you can call if you're in need for help. Um, or strict law. Yeah. Let's just leave it at that, to exactly. be fair. Women don't go outside after dark because there are reasons, obvious reasons mm-hmm. for it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, uh, not every alleyway has a street light and there's like a lot of like very um 
unsafe for women basically back home um but talking about here even here like sexual assaults and violations and vi- violence towards women are mm-hmm. so common. common um have you um have you faced any of those like here i mean yes obviously i have like yeah. uh, catcalling is just so common that mm-hmm. when it happens to you you don't even respond to it mm-hmm. because you're so normalized to it shouldn't be normal exactly. i shouldn't have to be put put through that mm-hmm. but it's so normal <laughs> guys having fetishes about asian women and i think that's really annoying and well, girls will only talk to girls about sexual assault or mm, whatever that has definitely. happened to them and i guarantee you right there will be at least one woman around you who has gone through some form of sexual assault herself yeah, right definitely. i will share my personal story so when i was in school i was about 12 mm-hmm. and i've moved to this new school mm-hmm. um and this teacher would come oh in during God, our yes. lunch break right mm-hmm. yeah we would have our lunches in our classroom so he would come during our lunch break and would sit next to me and caress my nipples the That first is... time he caressed it right oh i'm getting goosebumps yeah the second time he pinched it okay and the third time he pinched it again like he would touch was it on the same day or was it like repeated no no um like over a certain time. amount of time um and at that time i was so young and like i i used to freeze whenever he used to come in yeah and it was it was really uncomfortable it's quite traumatic yeah know? and at that time like my, my breasts were not even properly developed mm-hmm. right they were just developing and you know when it's developing you it's a bit painful yeah yeah, yeah. like and he would do that and one day we were playing in the playground um and i sp- i was talking about him to this girl and i said you know he wasn't there yeah. but i said he's such a pervert like he's like i basically in my heated moment i spoke badly of him and this girl my goodness i would punch her if i see her these days all right girl whoever you are punch is coming <laughs> this girl went on and spoke to the teacher and said oh she's saying bad things about you what a little bit i know he came to me and he hit me with stick on my palm like about seven or eight times and it hurt so bad but i kept putting my hand out just yeah. in act of defiance because i was done yeah. you know i was done putting up with what he was doing mm-hmm. to me and i would every time he said hat agadi like every time i would say put your hand out i would put it out i would not back off just to prove your point yeah, exactly. like you're standing, yeah exactly and i was crying because of pain but i was crying more because of anger yeah. and i cried all the way home yeah but you know what after that little moment of defiance he never came near me that's dis- that's actually disgusting i mean i don't know what this is with um male teachers and back home because uh-huh. we had few of those as well when we were in school and then one of them would just like uh, pull the girl's bra strap out and trying to like um oh, you know God. take the bra off like unhook it out of the shirt boys would grab your bra strap from the back like they would sit at yeah. sit behind you they would grab the strap pull it and then like let go it, and like literally it would whip you all <laughs> i didn't so have like f- boys in my school do that uh, thank god mm-hmm. but it was just that tutor yeah. and i can understand like um where you came from as yeah, well yeah. he didn't do that to me though personally uh-huh. maybe i wasn't that pretty enough because <laughs> he always had the choice for like 
the good-looking girl always got that sexual harassment. And in kind of way, in that way, I was just like, I'm thankful for that because I wasn't that pretty girl, popular girl in school. But I can, um, one of, I've had, I've been like sexually harassed as well, but this is quite recent years, to be honest, in a lot of clubbing scenarios. Mm. I think we were together, Mm-mm. but I didn't really think this was a sexual harassment. Uh-huh. So, you know, once we went clubbing in Nottingham. Yeah, yeah. So we had this drink all day party all night <laughs> weekend <laughs> when we're young, wild, we're still young. But <laughs> that time we were in this club and there was all like a lot of men, but no Asians kind of club. Yeah, yeah. So we were there and then one of the guys just came to me and said, are those boobs real to me? Mm. And I remember this. This was yeah, at the bar. Yeah. And then... I didn't think of anything. I told you then. Yeah, I yeah, told yeah. you guys as well. I was like, I didn't think of anything. But now that I think of it, it was harassment to the Asian um, women in general. Because like, stereotypical. Yeah. They're like, oh, you can't have big boobs kind of situation. I was like, I was quite, I was like, whoa, like. Um, we we were laughing at it at that time. Yeah, wasn't it? yeah. But we were uncomfortable. But it was an uncomfortable laugh. It wasn't like, oh, ha, ha, ha. Like, like how cool you yeah. are. No, it wasn't. But then we didn't re- realize, like, it was a type of harassment as well. This is the thing about sexual assault, right? When it happens to you, you either freeze. You know, you have a freeze mm-hmm. or flight or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then, but the thing is, the effects of it remains for years to exactly. come. Exactly. But then, like, being, like, big-chested women, it's not my choice to be big-chested. Yeah, yeah. So I get everything... Uh, all my harassments has got to be with the big boobs again. Mm. And then this one time I was clubbing again, like as you do. And then my then boyfriend and I, we were like literally dancing. And then this guy had the audacity to grab my boob right across my boyfriend then. Oh my God. And that was a, quite, that was a shit show. Like, let's just leave it at no, that. No, this is what pisses me off, right? Women who are on their own are already uh, easy target. Yeah. But to do that when your boyfriend was right next to you. And I wasn't even wearing a revealing top, mind you. Like, not that that has to do anything anything with with it. Like, inviting sexual assault. Yeah, but like, I was with a guy. We were quite close. We were dancing. And then the man just. It wasn't from behind. The audacity went past my boyfriend and just grabbed it. Mm -hmm. I was just like, what? Um, talking about talking about sexual assault or um uh, child abuse and all that, right? Going back to it, I you know that I have just as many uh, male best friends as female, female yeah. best friends, right? And male best friends find it quite easy to talk to me as well. And I am pretty sure, from my understanding of them sharing their deep dark emotions, I am pretty sure that boys get abused sexually as much, if not more, when they are children. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, they, it's harder. It. It's yeah. harder for them to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Women being sexually assaulted has become a common topic because it's been raised over and over and over and over again to the point that a lot of people are desensitized to the issue. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Right? But I think men do get abused equally. And the thing is, to be raped and to be sexually assaulted and to be... You don't even have to go to a stranger, mm-hmm. right? A lot of sexual assaults happen from... A person of trust. Yeah, this is how perpetrators work, right? Mm-hmm. They gain trust 
of the person before they actually touch you because they test waters first mm-hmm. is this person going to speak how vulnerable is this person they would have to ass- they would have to examine you mm-hmm. assess your vulnerability before they actually do something like that you get assaulted more by a person of trust than a stranger a stranger yeah for example i'll give you an example swimming teachers mm-hmm. or coaches Sports coaches, sports coaches who have the trust of your parents mm-hmm. yeah right yeah. you've already gained their trust and they are out there your, tutor, happens, yeah. your tutor for example yeah my teacher who should mm-hmm. be or who I should be going to for advice and guidance or policeman um, policeman yeah Sarah that was employer metropolitan police and uh, you know even if within your family members like your uncles or whoever it's closer to you than you think Mm, and it's a fact if you look at the facts and i don't know exactly the specific facts if you look at the facts you're more likely to get sexually violated by a person of trust or person who knows you than a stranger in your lifetime come to think of it did you ever get told like when you're younger by your mom because i was very like a expressive child mm-hmm. so i would just wear what i want i'll just do things what i want i feel too much i guess mm. so i'd wear like short shorts and tank tops uh-huh And did your parents ever tell you, like, when you had guests saying, like, go change your clothes? Like, um, there's this uncle coming. Have you had that? Um, First of all, my mom was, I don't know what, but she had her own weird set of rules. Very strict. We were not allowed makeups. We were not allowed fancy clothes. Um, And it was so weird. (laughs) My mom was very, like, I wasn't even allowed to sit cross-legged in front of guests. Right, that's how weird and strict my mom was. Okay. Like now she's changed up because she's been exposed to the Western world and all that. Yeah, yeah. But before that, she used to be like, as a woman, you have to be well behaved. Yeah. And she bought all my clothes. Obviously, I had no choice. But I would and be money. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So I would be like, when as soon as I was. 16, 17, I started wearing, wearing like halter tops yeah. and like little spaghetti strap to get the to- tops. Uh, no, it wasn't, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit of it was that. But um, in a society, in a close-minded society like ours, yeah. like I I remember I we, we lived in Brunei for a couple of years and it was in a camp, right? Yeah, army yeah, yeah. camp. And you know, if you have lived in an army camp, you know that they're more close-minded than back people home. outside yeah yeah so the first day i still remember the first day that i went uh and i start we started we moved into the british camp i had like it was it's a very hot country it's yeah. like 35 degrees to 40 degrees all year round and i had a spaghetti strap on and my mom had no um, um objection to that my dad had no objection to that it was hot yeah and i took a walk around the camp and people would be staring at me and I like, was what like, is she I, wearing yeah. I could not understand like short sleeve shirts were fine yeah but, but spaghetti, spaghetti strap was not okay I mean think about it our cultural dress sari yeah, right yeah, yeah, the that... blouse it bloody exposes your whole You're abdomen crop top as well and yeah. the fact that the back gets lower every single time <laughs> exactly those things are okay because it's cultural yeah but the same amount of exposure in a Western cloth is not okay. That's crazy. That's a very effed up logic that I have never understood. Yeah. Like, my parents never told me, like, what to wear, what not to wear. I, they've really, like, uh, been okay with whatever I do kind uh-huh. of way, like, ever since I was a kid. Mm-hmm. But the people that um, my far distance relatives would badmouth my mom in a way, like, uh-huh. why is she wearing that? But my mom would be like, she can wear what she wants. Yeah. She's a child. It's not like her wearing a cho- uh, shorts is going to 
lead it to provocative, you know, yeah. men lurking around. Exactly. But I guess that's the case now, isn't <laughs> yeah. it? Yeah. I mean, growing up, I hated my mom for giving in to the cultural pressures, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because she, she grew up in such a society that, that conditioned her to put those rules onto me. And I guess she was doing it for my safety um, because she understood... The that, evils of yeah. the society towards a woman. To be fair, you can't even blame her because she wasn't exposed mm. as much. Yeah. Like if she wasn't the type of person to change, like you said, how she's yeah. adapted now, yeah. she's exposed. She would now, still yeah. not be adapted exactly. to it. Exactly. She she yeah. is completely a different person now. Yeah, Being to some adaptive is one of like the high key features that you can have as a person or yeah. anything. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So you just blend to it. Yeah. Anyways, we're going off topic again, guys. <laughs> so this is what happens. Yeah. But anyway, talking about being adaptive, yeah. I think men these days are adapting to a certain extent as well. Um, but I don't I personally don't think there's enough like take for example our uh, we have a youtube channel right mm-hmm. um, yeah. and we have made a couple of videos that are a bit on, uh based on women issues right mm-hmm. so our gender discrimination our period videos mm-hmm. do you know right this is what i checked it this morning our gender discrimination video i looked at the analytics right 87.9%, so almost 88% viewers of the gender discrimination towards women is just women. Is women. And our period video, 100% it's women. Old. We made that period video to educate men. men about what period feels like so that they could understand about women's health. And to not have a single male viewer, Click I wouldn't say it. single, but not a, even a percentage of male viewer, that is... You know, guys, you need to do better. Nepalese men, especially, go watch that video. I'm disappointed. But then, on the statistics about sex podcasts, though, uh-huh. woo, it's exactly. all male. And then there, when I get quite disappointed with my female uh, friends or viewers, I guess, uh-huh. like, women, why are you... Why are you shy? Like someone else is talking about their sexual experience. Yeah. I'm not asking you. Exactly. Female just, orgasm should yeah. be a normal thing just as a male, male orgasm. Orgasms. It's not just about male orgasms. We have needs too. <laughs> Let us feel the euphoria too. <laughs> joking. <laughs> I'm not joking, by the way. It's, it's true. Exactly. I mean, we all have fetishes. We all have orgasm like or like ways of uh, achieving orgasms. And in bed... It's not all about men because it takes two to tango. Exactly. You know? And I think like, because uh, um, it's, I don't know if it's just uh, us being Asian, like it's such a male dominant society. You just think he can take over like everything. So you kind of just don't cha- take charge at all, uh-huh. even in bed or be in relationship yeah. or just be in life. Yeah. And then, women get out there. Yeah. And I guess like a lot of women don't speak about it. Because men don't take charge of it either. Yeah. Because they yeah. don't take the lead about these issues. Yeah. Like, they don't enable an environment where a woman is feels comfortable to take charge. Mm-hmm. You know, like how we talk about boss women and like boss women are bitchy. Mm. And like she thinks she's all that. Because this is one of my clients. Like when I used to um, work at Sydney Advice, this is one of like my clients. He said to me, this is like an elderly Nepalese man. He was like oh, just because you've come to this country and you speak English doesn't mean you're all that. And I lost my shit. And I said to him, I am not serving you. I only spoke to you because he was cutting the queue. Yeah. And I said to him, please don't cut the queue. Everybody has waited just as much. And all that, completely unrelated to gender issues, right? And he goes to me, just because you speak a few words of English and you've come to this country, you as a woman (laughs) think you're all that. And I'm like... 
How the hell did this conversation go from zero to one hundred? This is so stupid. Like I just can't. <laughs> I guess like um, that moment it was very frustrating, and obviously you're like pissed off. Uh-huh. But now that I hear of it, I'm just like. Why, man? Why you had to do that? Exactly, to just to prove a point. Exactly, like exactly, and it it was such a derailment tactic, mm-hmm. and that's what I for I feel this is hashtag not all men is to, um, basically derail from the conversation that's going on that should be going on. Yeah, you know, and people are speaking about women issues. People are speaking about women's safety, and hashtag not all men. I mean, it's it's an obvious thing to people like us, like feminists, mm-hmm. the right. Mm-hmm. women if we say so ourselves and mm. it's very obvious and the fact that you're having to point it out to a feminazi you've already lost the argument there exactly. don't waste your time it's not worth it a feminazi will not see listen your point. to it this yeah. is the thing a feminazi say um they they listen to you to reply whereas mm. feminists they listen to understand so you see two sides yeah. of the coin but after this like hashtag non not all men started mm. i felt bad for the men who weren't sharing but then they got pressured yeah. for not sharing yeah and and the thing is they, they you you're bound to get infected by that um pressure mm-hmm. plus the stuff that was going around as well mm-hmm. i mean there are times where men do get generalized mm-hmm. and assumptions are made like yeah. all, all men like i'm sick of men and all that right it's the same with but, us though yeah women do this, like <laughs> men do the same i'm sick of all women all women all are these whores, bitches all women sorry lots. yeah and that happens both ways exactly you have to not include it in a very important conversation a very progressive conversation every activism or every topic has a time of its own yeah, yeah. to be brought into the highlight mm-hmm. #notallmen was such a poor timed trend definitely It's, and i think like I think that could have waited a week later. Not even a week later. Like it was still going on, right? Like activism doesn't take like a week or two. That whatever the movement they wanted to start this trending yeah. hashtag not all men could have waited until the family sort of recovered because it was just like very insensitive of them to uh-huh. just like you know start it out. It's like being defensive before it's being said. Said yeah. Uh, when it trended this time, it came out as soon as uh, whatever was happening on social media. and it wasn't born out of all the evidence that men were being generalized or mm-hmm. victimized because of it it was just an assumption yeah it wasn't fact backed uh, trend yeah. and that's like any social media post that goes on trend or anything that goes without uh, accuracy or without fact checking um but the thing is men did get pressured to share it hashtag not all men um and this is what uh, jamila jamil right mm. this is what she said It's true that hashtag not all men harm women, but do all men work to make sure their fellow men do not harm women? Do they interrupt troubling language and behavior in others? Do they have conversations about women's safety or consent with their sons? Are hashtag all men interested in our safety? Hand to your heart. The amount of times you've been in a group of boys and there's been sexist remarks being made about women, how many times have you called it out? I actually, this is this is where the personality of me comes in. Mm-hmm. I'm the kind of person that like, I just joke bands about anything and everything on the yeah. sun, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't really take it that seriously. Mm-hmm. If they're just like joking about it, because we joke about men a lot yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. But if they're going out of the way and saying like defaming a girl. Uh huh. If they're defaming a girl in particular, mm-hmm. that's when I really speak about it. Uh-huh. 
if they're not like defaming anyone i don't think i've ever spoken about it or i've been put in that situation uh-huh. where i've been like oh you're saying that la yeah. la la la, la. Yeah, yeah. i mean this is i'm go- i'm not going to name names and this is what happened so i have a friend um who had a really bad divorce right okay. and obviously he spilled his emotions to his friends like mm-hmm. male friends and one of the male friends was like oh she's a whore straight away like, very assertively oh she's a whore and i'm like was she whoring around you don't know i we don't know the full details there's always more to like just by hearing one side of the story like it says two, it takes two <laughs> yeah. to tango yeah. Yeah, yeah it's it's i mean you you never know she might be a whore but for you to say it without any facts or without hearing without on, with only getting partial information and that was such a it was a sexist remark yeah. i'm not gonna i'm not gonna be i'm not gonna sugarcoat this it was a sexist remark and it was a misogynistic um, yeah. a remark this is when nobody called it out and to be honest i only briefly heard it but i was like i was not interested in it i mean that man has nothing to do with what was happening between the two individuals exactly but he's just out there making statements like this and bold statements know, yeah and i understand that people are not confrontative about it because they don't feel comfortable being mm-hmm. confrontational about it but i think it's about time you guys need to be or we need to be serious about the conversation because these men are your friends right mm-hmm. these men and their sons and the values they will teach their children they will be around when your daughters are growing up they will be in the environment where women of your household mm-hmm. will be around are you okay raising your girl are you okay raising your women or are you okay being your women around such misogynistic issues i don't think it's a role of a woman to confront every single time oh it's exhausting like, you know, yeah that's what i mean and i'm just like why can't you just be very like active and present about situations like this mm-hmm. like if you think like um you're better than women and what not mm-hmm. why do we have to keep educating you yeah like just do it yourself even if you can't confront it walk away from the conversation yeah. that's the easiest thing to do just do make an excuse mm-hmm. go to a toilet go to go to somewhere else just walk away from the conversation or do not engage back in that conversation ignore that person and that person will get the message La- oh, by the way laughing is an engagement as well yeah exactly like if you didn't know like yeah. if you like ha 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 that's an yeah, engagement that's so, an engagement because you're like encouraging the person who's saying it you're enabling it yeah you're enabling it and you know what this is what happens it it doesn't look like much but if you're enabling, enabling in one group and then another group is enabling it counts like you know drops make oceans mm-hmm. you know it does count and it leads to a um it leads to a society where there are misogynistic thoughts being passed around or being uh, grown you know men you don't really have to be like actively supporting us yeah. or actively defending us i mean we don't expect you to do that there like we it falls on our part as well to support it but be a bit more progressive about it you know learn about educate yourself about how can you help women who are experiencing such if you don't issues. even want to go like women in a mass kind of situation mm-hmm. even like the women in your house that how can you make them feel better or make mm-hmm. them feel like they're heard talk to them yeah. yeah they will share tips with you that they have never shared with you because it was never a conversation be a conversation starter exactly, basically yeah there was this one um quote i don't know who quoted it but it just stuck to my mind that said like um when you ask the right questions you get the right answers mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. you're not technically asking the right questions for us to speak about it because yeah. we yeah. don't 
trust you enough in a way because yeah. no one's ever asked us how we felt. Yeah. And the thing is, you know what? Because we're defending it, defending, defending, and it's so exhausting to basically talk to everyone about it. You don't know who's worth your time. Yeah, 100%. You know, as simple as, as women, do you feel safe around here? Or as women, what are the issues that concern you about your safety? Mm-hmm. That makes us feel that you are invested in the conversation. Mm-hmm. And that will open up a whole side of emotions that we have not shared with men. But then like uh, men who has been like, you know, who has been involved in sexual harassment and then they didn't know they were sexually harassing. Like some, you like, you know, some of the fine lines that you don't really know. Yeah. yeah. That if you don't ask and if you don't see yourself in the girl's shoes. Mm then I think you'll never understand. Yeah, exactly. Ask. And, you know, um, women, as women, we take so much precautions when we are out and about. Oh, my God. Um, things that you could be doing unintentionally be threatening a woman. And I'm not saying it's your fault, but some of the things that you can uh, be considerate about, some of the things that you can do that will make minimal effect or minimal change to your personal mm-hmm. um, behavior, but will have a very big impact on a how how safe a woman, a woman feels. feels. Yeah. And one of the things that this um, Twitter user said, uh, and I'm going to quote her, I don't, I forgot her name, but I'm going to quote her. Basically, there was a thread. Right? It yeah. said, it was started by a man. Mm-hmm. This is what I'm like giving an example. It was started by a man and it said, there are things that I might not, I might have done that threatened a woman's safety or personal space. Yeah. Like, what can we do as men to help? See, we need yeah. more of those men. Exactly. And women replied to those comments a lot. And one of the things that a woman said, right, which was quite striking because I didn't know I was doing it. Um, that, subconsciously. Uh, yeah, subconsciously. Yeah. And she says, quote, if a woman is walking towards you, let her stay in her path and get out of her way rather than making her move. I consciously walk in the safest part of the path with access to lights or exits and so many times a man has forced me to walk between him and a wall, right? So one of the men replied, oh, I didn't know that because I always thought it was chivalry yeah. for him to walk on the wall. roadside and not on the wall, wall. side yeah. because it, it was seen as a very, as an act of chivalry that you were protecting her from the traffic, Yeah, you know? And that man didn't mean to do any harm, but... It has so much. It's not even miscommunication because as women, we're grown up and conditioned in this society so much and we're so concerned about our safety and we take precautions subconsciously. Mm -hmm. That simple act itself would make so much effect on her and Mm -hmm. her concerns and her anxiety and her fear. And if you're out and about in the dark or even in the broad daylight, I don't think... I don't think it makes much difference. But in the dark, when we're in late at night, if you're if a woman is walking alone, like, you know, keep your distance. Yeah. You know, give her as much space as possible. If it if it helps if it's too narrow for both of you to cross paths, just go over uh, to the other side of the road or we will go over to the other side of the road. I mean, if you look at a woman coming from far away and if her physical body like your her physical signs will tell you that she's a bit concerned or she's anxious about safety or you know she will you literally see her physically tighten up you know and we we take precautions i mean you know i solo travel a lot and the amount of precautions that i have to take compared Mm -hmm. to a man it's so much more i mean in broad daylight i've been grabbed right Mm -hmm. this was in sheffield here in the uk Mm -hmm. so i was on my way to the train station and this was broad daylight at one in the uh, afternoon, afternoon yeah. and I was crossing uh, I was crossing the road and these two men literally grabbed me from behind 
and like took my phone and everything away and would that have happened in a broad daylight if it was a man probably not and you know i'm not going to blame a man because these were like quite young teenagers but mm-hmm. they were like 6 feet and they were like built up it's just like and, easy target yeah exactly kinda. and i had to go back home because my ticket was on my phone so i had to go back to my friend's house where there were like a couple of men there and they were like oh okay this happened to you so one of the men actually offered to walk me to the train station yeah and i took it at that time because it was a bit i was a bit shaken but somebody like me who's traveled solo internationally mm-hmm. to have a man escort me from my house to the train station that was 5 minutes away and you know it made me feel so incapable it reduced my capability of doing things on my own mm-hmm. and it was so disempowering just because of what happened to you exactly and then oh that wasn't even your fault cuz you were clearly not wearing Hopefully not wearing no, anything. No, I was like properly covered. This was winter. <laughs> you know, like, I just, those are like, when you talk about the precautions, like you said, on the dark light and, you know, everyone has these mm-hmm. stuff like rape alarms and yeah, yeah. things like that. Uh, one of those things I've subconsciously done, or I still do, mm-hmm. and I didn't realize until like I read those articles, mm-hmm. is the fact that I always walk against the traffic. Mm. So I can see what is coming my way. Oh, okay. Does that make sense? Because yeah. like if I'm walking with the traffic, anyone can stop the car and then dunk me in, right? Uh... Not that I'm a small person, but <laughs> anything can happen here, you know? It could be like a big-ass van and I could be just like in the boot. But I usually walk against the traffic so I can see who's coming my way. Exactly. And the things, these are extra things that we have to think about when we go out on our own. Mm-hmm. And it sh- this world shouldn't have to be this way. I mean, do men take that kind of precautions? A lot of women don't walk near parked vans mm-hmm. or, you know, stuff like that. Like small things that makes a difference. A lot of people carry their keys in their hands so that they can it's like a weapon. You know, and things like Crazy. those added um inconvenience to our daily life. and that is without even our own fault mm-hmm. and that is is what we're trying to highlight we're not trying to blame all men but you have to understand that Why although we? not all men are like that but all women bear the fear of it mm-hmm. definitely because when a man is coming towards you we don't know whether you're a bad one or a good one that's the thing though like if if i have a daughter right mm-hmm. i don't know how i would raise her Like sometimes I really hope like if I have kids in the future, I don't know if that's going to happen, but <laughs> if I ha- have children in the future, I always think like if I have a man, it would be easier because I wouldn't have the fear of having my daughter to go through all that that I had been going through like like all the I'll teach her to be fearless as much as I am, mm-hmm. but you always have that little bit of, you know, you always feel extra safe on. when you're with men. But then yeah. like I feel like if I had a boy, I would teach him everything that the man lacked when i was growing up mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. how to be supportive to his classmates mm-hmm. not pull brass traps you know yeah. and talk about consent yeah and talk about what is a fine line between you know sexual assault and uh, being sexually active exactly. and it's and it, i think i want especially male viewers of our and women um, listeners that you have to recognize that this wariness of you is not personal mm-hmm. it's not personal at all it's just that all women bear the fear exactly that's why we do things the way we do things and you know and it takes a little while for us to be friends with you and to be to know you to understand that you are not like that and all all friendly women are sluts just let's just get that out there like <laughs> you know like 
how we are yeah. not trying to mm. stereotype you. Yeah. I think we expect the same back as well. Yeah. To yeah. make it a cohesive environment. You know, th- there are certain things that you can do to help um, women, like be considerate, as we said, we yep. gave examples, be considerate of what a woman um, is doing or the precautions that she's taking, mm-hmm. like try and help her. Uh, recognize that it's not personal Mm -hmm. you know and that you don't have to point out the obvious fact to us that not all men are like that it's Mm -hmm. just that we have to know you to understand that not you um and you know intervene when a woman is being objectified or being harassed don't be a silent witness correct Um, your friends yeah call out your friends and you don't have to uh, or if you can't be confrontational about it we don't expect you to be just Mm -hmm. walk away from the conversation don't fuel that conversation definitely and you know sign petitions for legislative changes like there are a lot of change um, uh, legislative changes that are um, calling for better safety for women like sign those share those share these kind of ones not like mm-hmm. yeah not the, the ones, ones we, you feel yeah. like you're pressured to yeah just yeah. because someone else said it exactly. like if you really feel like the fast media is getting into you you can step out of it like i do mm-hmm. and then have your own research Educate yourself on your own terms, mm-hmm. not because someone else fed it to you. Yeah. Let's be more active and less and, passive. Yeah. And the last thing, definitely do not derail a conversation that is important and that is trending by trending another inappropriate, inappropriate. and ill-timed trend. So hashtag not all men. Yes, we know about your problems and men's problems, but there's a time and um, place Thanks. for that conversation. And it was not in the case of Sarah Everard. And with that, we wrap this podcast up. I hope you enjoyed this. Thank you very much. Bye. See you next time.